0: Hello, and thank you all for joining us. This is From the Newsroom, the podcast presented by the Holland Sentinel Newsroom staff. I'm Brian Brunellis, Digital Director, and today I'm joined by one of our newest members of the Newsroom staff, <laughs> our Pen Lobo. How's it going? I'm, I'm good, Brian. How are you? I'm well, as well. Uh, well, as well. Huh? All right. Uh, we'll go with that. Uh, we are in the midst of Tulip Time. We are yes. surrounded by all things Tulip Time. You got your first taste of it this week. I did. I did. Uh, We did the little Dutch taste test video together. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) But I think uh, yesterday you had an opportunity to speak with Governor Gretchen Whitmer. She's in town for the Governor's Luncheon down at Hope College. Uh, And she was able to give us a little exclusive Mm one-on-one. You talked to her uh, via telephone. I did, And then uh, you saw her down at the luncheon as well, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you want, uh, please tell us what that conversation was about and, you know, what was she eager to talk about?
1: Well, the governor and I spoke about a lot of different things. Uh, I wanted to speak with her about issues that were not only affecting the state as a whole, but particularly West Michigan and Ottawa County. So we spoke on a number of different issues all the way from the, her proposed gas tax in her 2020 budget that hasn't been uh, very popular. And we spoke about great lakes funding and keeping the water clean, which is a priority of her administration, different things like speaking about the recent auto insurance legislation. And for her, just in her first few months in office, Working with the uh, Republican uh, majority, House and Senate in the state,
0: she uh, she might have an uphill battle uh, when it comes to that gas tax. I think so, the fuel tax, and then uh, early this morning, probably just after midnight, I think I saw the House um, uh, voted on auto insurance reform, which she said she's going to veto. Did she discuss that at all?
1: Yes. So. To explain a little bit The auto insurance reform Michigan has the highest auto insurance uh, rates In America And that's something that for a long time uh, Legislators have tried to amend Uh, So recently in the Senate um, It was introduced in January By a local uh, uh, Senator Eric Nesbitt His plan was to scale back The protections that Auto insurers Have to provide particularly the medical costs that insurers have to provide under Michigan State laws. So through that law, prices could come down. Um, In turn, coverage could come down. It would remove the uh, catastrophic damage uh, section of Michigan insurance code, or auto insurance code. And it was passed both in the Senate and, as you said, in the House. But uh, Governor Whitmer, she told me she plans on vetoing it. Well,
0: be very clear I am eager to sign a bill into law that actually lowers rates for people in Michigan we have the highest insurance rates in the country and this bill that came out of the Senate is just a bunch of window dressing there's no guarantees that rates will be rolled back the only guarantee there in this bill is that people will lose coverage and you know if if we're not bringing rates down we haven't solved the problem and this bill does not do that so, aside from speaking with her on the phone, you had a chance to hear her speak at Hope College DeVos Fieldhouse. Did she mention a lot of the th- same things that you discussed, or what was the what was her keynote address about?
1: Well, she steered clear of politics in, in the <laughs> keynote. She she uh, is a Grand Rapids native, so it wasn't her first time being at Tulip Time. She she spoke a lot about how Tulip Time was a signal of the strength. That comes from Michigan's diversity. She cited the, you know, expansive Dutch heritage that is pretty prevalent in this part of the state, as well as the diversity uh, in other parts of our state. And the way she framed it, she said, Michigan is the best place in this in the country, and one of the best places in the world to live, because we can celebrate our heritage with events like Tulip Time. So she mentioned um, different things like being able to speak with constituents in West Michigan. Uh, Afterwards, there was a media scrum, and I I remember a reporter asking uh, the governor, well, you didn't necessarily win as many votes in this part of the state as you did in others. Uh, How does that kind of feel for you? And so she said, I'm the governor for everybody, not just people who voted for me, for people who voted against me, and for people who didn't vote at all. So from her perspective... I think that this was a good opportunity to kind of do some outreach on in, in this part of the state. She's been here before, mm-hmm. obviously, but um, it was a good chance for her to kind of good get some good uh, PR.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you were basically her shadow yesterday. You basically, followed yes. Followed her around everywhere.
1: Spoke with her on the phone. <laughs> followed, watched her keynote. Spoke with her after the event. So. Was there
0: anything um, in your conversation with her that surprised you about maybe one of her answers
1: or the way that she maybe didn't answer a particular question? You know, she's very well spoken and she has had enough rehearsal with giving answers for such a long time that she totally knows how to answer things uh, correctly. There wasn't anything that maybe caught me off guard. I asked her about um, her response to recent tariffs as... Some of you may know there were tariffs levied on primarily Chinese goods, but some of that includes steel. And recently, the president uh, announced on Twitter that there would be a bump in those tariffs. And now Chinese delegates are in the U.S. trying to hammer out a deal. And uh, she told me that the fact that these things are announced on Twitter destabilizes our economy, not not just in Michigan, but in the whole of the U.S., but outside of that, there wasn't anything that I would say surprised me.
0: Okay. Was there a question that you wanted to ask her or, um, or just ran out of time with her? I know you you had basically, what, 10 minutes with her, 15 minutes? They, they gave.
1: They said 7 to 10 minutes. 7 to 10. I, I Not went, even 15. I went a little longer, <laughs> um, but I, I didn't want to, you know, uh, get on the bad side of her press secretary. But I would say in turn, in the things you, you want to ask, because... With interviews like this, politicians are generally very good at giving, I, I don't want to say canned response, because she gave very thoughtful responses. Right. But it's not like a one-on-one conversation to, to where the point is, I can ask her how she feels about something, and she can give me something that maybe that's how she she's really feeling instead of saying, okay, this is how I'm going to address it. So when I asked her, what's it been like working with uh, a total, you know, the republicans hold a majority in the other parts of the state legislature and she she told me that she's been looking forward to meeting with the leadership every other week and so she was proud of the fact that they had passed a lot of a bipartisan legislature afterward at a scrum when uh, she was asked about it again and again it came up with the auto insurance bill which she told me she again had no intention of ratifying at all she told me or she told reporters at that scrum that she thought the law wasn't fairly passed. She said from the Democratic senators she spoke to, they felt shut out of the legislative process, and so she had no intention of of, uh, signing it.
0: If I remember correctly, both the Senate and the House voted pretty much along party lines. Yes. There might have been four or five Democrats in the House that voted with the Republicans this yes, morning. Yes, in, so. in the
1: Senate, there were two Democrats that yeah. voted with the Republicans, yeah. but generally along party lines.
0: She mentioned during her keynote address, uh, building those bridges with the folks in West Michigan, what kind of response did she get from the crowd? Was it kind of lukewarm or people more inviting to maybe, okay, she's not
1: our side of the party, but we'll be willing <laughs> to listen? You know, she she mentioned that she said at least five people came up to her and said, You know, I voted for you, but not everybody here did. (laughs) But in in spite of that, she got a very warm reception from the audience. I think that uh, the people that are involved with the Tulip Time Luncheon and the festival as a whole—they're always a bit proud when someone like the governor is able to come and give a keynote address. She was, she bought into it, and I think you know the crowd was able to buy into her because of it.
0: Well, like you said, she's from this area. Yes, she knows. The history of the what the festival means.
1: Yes, she she made a she made a point of uh, the lieutenant governor Garland Gilchrist was there, and if you haven't seen Garland Gilchrist, he's very tall, <laughs> <Yes>. and so <laughs> Governor Whitmer made a point of making fun of the clompin that were made for him. She said uh, that generally they're not made that big. Really? I guess Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist has big feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is a tall guy. He's probably I don't know six four at least six, four. ish something yeah. like in there. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, finally, she carried on the tradition of governors of donning some traditional garb, and she led the street sweepers. I don't know if you had a chance to follow her on that.
1: Um, Did you get an impression? Like, uh, what was the crowd reaction from her, you know, walking down the street? You know, I didn't... I wasn't able to actually walk through the parade, because I had to run back to the newsroom and write. But I did catch a glimpse of the live stream, And some of the photos of uh, Governor Whitmer with the uh, parade participants, she got a very warm reception. I I think doing things like this, especially so early into her tenure, um, it was a good way for her to kind of gain some popularity. Did she mention when's the next time she's going to be on this side of the state? She didn't give an exact date. She did say that Tulip Time is going to be – she said that she plans on being a regular at Tulip Time. But yeah, in terms of being in West Michigan, <laughs> yeah, uh, she didn't give any commitments.
0: Okay. Any final thoughts before we sign off?
1: You know, Brian, I think that the governor and so many other leaders being in this part of the state for Tulip Time, it, it does a lot to strengthen, I think, the bond that this community has with the festival. Um, obviously, this attracts a lot of different people to West Michigan. This is my first Tulip Time. I I've uh, talked to a lot of people that, have co- that come here every year, that work uh, and volunteer in the events every year, and then I've talked to people that are here for the first time. And so I think that the governor, by making an effort to not just show up and not and go through the motions, but to actually immerse herself in, the, in yeah. the experience, I think that will go a long way.
0: Yeah, And the traditional Dutch food you had, that wasn't all that bad, right? No,
1: it wasn't all that bad at all. I do recommend, if, if you have time, head down to Market Plots try some of the meatballs
0: see they didn't have the pickled herring and we were really hoping for the pickled herring <laughs> i know i'm so sad about it <laughs> well on behalf of our pan lobo my name is brian Ranales. We want to thank you all for listening and uh, join us next time on from the newsroom